0: Welcome to another episode of Theology on Mission. Thank you all for joining us once again. We have two special guests with us today. We have Matt Tebby and Ben Sturkey. They're visiting again. They're our token Anglican friends, although they they began as our missional evangelical friends, but now they're our token Anglican friends. They were on an episode way back during Christmas to talk about the sacraments and the mission of the sacraments. Thank you guys for being on. Could you just give us a brief introduction one more time? Matt, Ben, who are you guys?
1: I'll introduce Ben.
0: Okay. <laughs> <You can laughs> well, introduce. I get
2: to introduce Matt.
0: So
1: Ben Sternkey is a church planner uh, <laughs> with me at the table and a co- co- co-founder of Gravity Leadership. Uh, he could be a hand model. Yeah, if he lived 500 years ago, he'd be a blacksmith. We talk about this quite frequently, <laughs> uh, and uh, he's a great guy and a great friend.
2: Uh, yes, um, and Matt Tebbe is a great guy and a great friend. I'll start with that. Uh, he's a good man. He's a, he's a, he's one of my best friends, um, and uh, yeah, we pastor together. Uh, a local church, a local Anglican church here in the Indianapolis area. And um, we co-founded Gravity Leadership, which is an organization that is a training, coaching organization for people who want to learn um, missional leadership. Um, and we we mean something very specific when we talk about that. but um, but yeah, we um we are. Uh, yeah, that we we we're two of the co-founders of that organization. There's another friend of ours uh, who helped us co-found that. And then uh, Matt is, uh, if he lived 500 years ago, he would be a court jester. <laughs> if so I'm the bad. sound blacksmith, <laughs> that's so would true. a court jester. Um, so one and, of you would uh, do something yeah. useful. Yeah, one of us would. Well, you know, I mean, depending
1: on how you and think, one of you. us would eat. Really well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You guys are funny. I want you guys to introduce me now. Next time, next time you guys are on, you oh, guys yeah. you can, you can come up with some kind things. Jeff, if,
1: if we lived 500 years ago, uh, uh, you would be hmm, either a tailor <laughs> <laughs> uh, or you'd be like uh, the, the guy, the acolyte in the town church who wants to start a school
0: but primarily happen? i just glue, like pages of like paper together to make books. Right. I like it. oh yeah you would be a book binder. <laughs> yeah, Plus, you would. The books you would. Together. yeah <laughs> this sounds like a new bit. Uh, i think we should do a new bit if you if what would if you lived
2: do? 500 years ago
0: Well, since we're on this, uh, we're just going to start. Uh, what would Fitch be doing 500 years ago oh, yeah. <laughs> he's not here to defend himself? So really quick, we're going to answer that. Just so everybody knows, today we're talking about the six ways to ruin Easter. I just want to get the pitch out there for what we're actually talking about. Right. But now that we're on this time warp, what would Fitch do 500 oh, years ago? Guys, here's the
2: image that came into my head. So I hope, I hope Fitch doesn't, if he listens to this, I hope he did not hate me. But well, the image that came into my head is he would just be like eating out of the garbage and grumbling.
0: So he's the. it. But then, five hundred years later, all of his writings would be discovered, and people, right? right yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, he was yes. a genius, but nobody understood anything about what he was talking about five hundred years
1: ago. I feel like I feel like he'd be the third, the third eldest son in the Liechtenstein royal family. Uh-huh. And uh, or maybe Lichtenstein didn't exist as a country 500 years ago, but like in that general region, mm-hmm. he would probably uh, stage a coup, and he uh, form Luxembourg. He'd be some sort of uh, he'd be some sort of uh, he'd be like a junta dictator.
0: <laughs> It'd be like the five day cute coup that nobody knew about and nobody got hurt in. <laughs> the non the of coup. But seven PhDs have been written on it. Okay. Thank you, Dave. We love you. So uh, also Matt and Ben have launched a podcast. We're going to hear about that uh, soon, the Gravity Leadership Podcast. But thanks for being on. So we have the six ways to ruin Easter. Easter is just about on us. Um, And so we wanted to talk about that, but we wanted to get into that conversation by talking about the six ways to ruin Easter. So Matt, you're going to lead us off? Yes, I'm ready. First way to ruin Easter.
1: first way to ruin it is to wear all black
0: no oh well that's true hey that's not or a. Hide, idea. or <laughs> to hide the easter eggs too well and all, <laughs> the, and all the kids cry <laughs> yes uh yeah uh yeah we're,
2: we're talking specifically about sermons right so these are we're ways not
0: that only about so yeah primarily about like service. I mean, we're talking e-
2: theology this is theology on mission so we're not saying like you know Hiding the eggs too well, right? We're
0: talking yeah. about having freezing cold baptismal water so right. that everybody wants to die and jump out. Double size an
1: Easter egg drop, but instead of <laughs> dropping Easter eggs, you drop twenty percent off in your church bookstore coupons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> oh, yeah. there's no candy in these. eggs. <laughs> this is the worst Easter ever. <laughs> <laughs> the first way to ruin Easter. Okay, when I moved back to Indianapolis uh, several years ago, it was around the holidays, and uh, we went to we went to a wasn't working at church. Went to a, a church that uh, some family members attended. Large auditorium, huge service. And the, the pastor of this church was giving a sermon about how incredible Jesus is. And uh, he was preaching primarily to the people who only come on Easter. So I, the first way, the first way to ruin Easter <laughs> is to use it as the twice a year, right? I've got them on Christmas and Easter, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to give these people uh, usually what sort of ends up being a guilt trip about why they're not here the other 50 weeks of the year. Mm. And so something surreal happened uh, during this message. I'll just say, uh, if you're thinking about doing this in two weeks, maybe this will dissuade you. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, this pastor was talking about how you know, some some of you are here because your family drug you here, and you don't believe in God and you don't believe in Jesus. They I drugged
0: you. This is yeah, like
1: yeah. I think he <laughs> said drug. Uh, you were dragged here, whatever. And then he said, I can respect that. And some of you are here every Sunday. I can respect that. And he said, but some of you are on the fence. You're lukewarm, and some of you just can't get out of bed on Sunday morning to get to church. And I'm not kidding you guys in the auditorium of a thousand people when he said some of you just can't get out of bed on Sunday morning to get to church. Somebody goes, yeah! Like, super loud. <laughs> super loud. It was totally, not it. <laughs> totally mocking and trolling the pastor for mocking and trolling him. <laughs> and it, was, it was like this half-second beat where I, I was like, what's going to happen? And of course, you guys know what happened. The pastor completely ignored it. He just mm-hmm. kept going. But it was like this eruption of the real, right? This person you're trying to invite in Mm. you're basically he's basically mocking you back
0: yeah and your finger wagging so that so the day we're supposed to celebrate all the forgiveness of our sins instead someone gets up and heaps guilt on you for not showing up more often yes don't do that on easter no yes this is (laughs) why you need easter Easter. don't you feel awful
1: yeah so (laughs) (laughs) so so anyway the first way is to basically use it as a guilt trip for the creasters. that's what we called them growing up the Christmas
0: and Easter, Christmas and Easter. the Christers, the Christmas and Easters. Okay, the second one, the second reason or the second way to ruin Easter is to talk all about death and dying, so that people are scared of hell. So, uh, so on Easter Sunday, this is kind of goes to uh, the first. The first way to ruin Easter is you have all these people who aren't normally here, uh, maybe vis- visiting, so you just want to talk about death, how they're going to die, how uh, how you know we're all going to die. Death is imminent. Even Jesus died. Uh, Jesus went to hell, you know, if you talk about those types of things. Uh, and you talk all about that, so then you could talk about the forgiveness of sins and how you won't have to die or you won't have to go to hell. So I was at, uh, this wasn't exactly on Easter Sunday, but I was at a, a funeral of a, of a gentleman that lived down the street. We knew his family pretty well, and our whole neighborhood showed up at his funeral. A lot of them were de-churched or unchurched kind of people. And we get this, like, this uh, funeral uh, home guy who decides – as like part of his introduction to preach a whole sermon. Like he, like he literally, he just preaches an entire sermon, which is, well, now that you're sitting here and you can't leave because you haven't paid your respects yet, I'm going to talk about like final judgment and death. Mm. uh, So that, and then preach the gospel to you. Uh, Mm. And I guess that's a way of taking advantage of the situation, but I'm not sure that's, that's the best way. So don't drop a guilt trip. Don't talk all about death and dying on Easter. Mm. Ben, what's the, third way yeah <laughs> that we could ruin easter before i get to that i just noticed like the the
2: like one of the things about those first two is that uh we kind of load up we tend to load up tons of pressure on this day like we got this one shot we gotta like let them have it we gotta give yeah. them all we you know what i mean
0: yeah rather than just
2: like trusting yeah. god's at work it's okay you know what i mean so if god's drawing somebody in you know like anyway we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here, but. Anyway, man, I got anyway. I always react. I always had a, like an allergic reaction to that whole like Easter. It's gonna. We need to. Everybody's gonna be there. We have to save them. Anyway, kind of loading it up. All right, the third way uh, to ruin Easter uh, is is to basically just use the occasion to explain a particular atonement theory mm. to everybody. Or every single one of them. (laughs) Or every single one of them, right. Uh, Even if it's
1: my favorite one? Even if it's it's your
2: favorite atonement theory, uh, using Easter to just explain that atonement theory is not the same thing as preaching the gospel of the resurrection. So even, even if whatever atonement theory you like, even if it is a legitimate way of understanding the cross, it's not the same thing as the gospel. The gospel is the story of Jesus. We'll get into this in a little bit. Uh, but don't use your Easter sermon to try to explain the mechanics of the atonement as if that was going to help people, as if that's what they need to hear on Sunday morning as you're proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus Christ. <laughs>
0: you got something- are great.
2: They're fine. But that's maybe not what people need to
0: hear. Matt, you got something to add to that?
1: No, it just sounds like uh, like uh, those three things, right? If you're using guilt to like guilt people in, if you're talking about death or if you're Describing atonement, most atonement theories include resurrection, but all three of those tend to focus on Good Friday themes. Right, right, right. And I don't want to uh, pull out my Anglican card because uh, you might launch me. But there's a sense in which there's a time to preach. Uh, no. Well, it's not a time for like, for doing guilt trips, but no. there is a time to talk about death and suffering, yes. right? And it's the cross Ash Wednesday, and the glory of the cross. Can prayer. I get an amen from the congregation? The, the
0: glory of the cross, exactly. Uh,
1: it's just but liturgically Easter's a different uh different thing.
0: Yeah. No, I absolutely so so the moral of the story of these first three ways of ruining Easter is don't kill Jesus again. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Invite people to the Good Friday service. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, good. So this is uh so if we transition to these next three, mm-hmm. as I think this goes back to you, Matt. Uh what's uh a fourth way to ruin easter if we transition maybe from the death to actually thinking about the resurrection what's a fourth way
1: yeah this i will call this the evidence that demands a verdict way uh this is using uh jesus's resurrection
0: order it was supposed to go to bed
1: yeah i know jeff but you're leading the thing so i just (laughs) Uh, went with it
0: it. do you want to pause or do you i can wait (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't, we don't do any edits. We just keep going. Actually, just okay, Ben, going. why don't you go to number four? We're just all right.
2: I'll, I'll talk about number four, Matt. Uh,
0: Have an Talk about word. number
2: five. Just get ready. Get ready. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right. I'll be five. All right. uh, But yes, the evidence that demands a verdict. Uh, way of ruining Easter. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I remember um, going to a few years ago. Going to a church um, that uh, I, w- I wasn't part of. We were traveling and uh, visited a church. And I remember, I remember needing to, uh, I heard one of these sermons um, and I think it was something like eight reasons uh, you can believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead or, or something like that. And basically the sermon was just uh, apologetics. It was just uh, here's why it, it, it's, it's okay for you to believe that Jesus Christ literally bodily rose from the dead. And it was just, you know, it was all the apologetic. Now I took an apologetics class in college. Um, I actually really liked it. I was like kind of good at it because it was about arguing and like kind of defeating your opponent through argumentation, which is uh, kind of a thing I like to do. Um, Destroying, (laughs) destroying your opponent's intellect.
1: Prove that you were good at it, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: That's actually a a point of my sanctification to stop proving that I'm good at it. But anyway, um, so I, I, all that to say, I actually appreciate apologetics. I do think it's, it's very important that Jesus Christ literally bodily rose from the dead. And I'm grateful for all the ways uh, that people have sort of demonstrated that, you know, through, you know, all the different things, you know, that, that um, people have come up with the ways evidence that demands a verdict, or, um, I learned a lot of this from reading, uh, Greg Boyd, actually. Greg Boyd has a ton of good stuff on this. So, anyway, I appreciate all that, and I think it's important, and um, I don't want to diminish the importance of Jesus Christ literally, you know, bodily rising from the dead. But your Easter sermon can't just focus on on that. that. Uh, It can't just focus on uh, why it's okay for you to believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. It was almost like the sermon that I heard on that uh, particular Easter Sunday was like, okay, everyone, you can keep being a Christian. Uh, In our, you know, secular humanist society, everything's okay. Believing, you can believe in this event, even though I've not proclaimed anything to you about why this event is important or what it means for you in the world. You know what I mean? Like the resurrection becomes an empty signifier.
0: Well, you guys are like great stand-ins for Fitch. We have empty signifier. We have (laughs) eruption of the real. A lot of Zizek going on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but so it's kind of like especially this year when uh, Easter uh, is on April first. It's kind of like no no, it's not a joke. The resurrection really 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 happened. Right. <laughs> April <laughs> yeah. not fool. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that just stays on the level of like. You know, mind, you know the mind, right? The intellect, the head doesn't actually to go together. okay. Okay, so, uh, so uh, that, uh, that was sorry. Sorry. <laughs> now we're back. Now we're back. Now number, number five. Five. Just kind of build on the kind of, thing. Kind of, thing. Kind of thing.
1: I will do number five, but Jeff, uh, it sounds like you need to clear your throat a little bit. There's something you might There's have something really weird. The audio. Chicago audio. spring cold going on there. Did my audio go weird? Oh, you're good. You're better now. Fantastic, you're back. Oh, good. Because I, I almost needed to proclaim Easter over your microphone. <laughs> uh, number five is close related to number four. Uh, and that is basically using Easter or the resurrection as simply a proof for the divinity of Jesus. Mm. So Jesus died on the cross, uh, and the sermon goes, there's nothing incredible about that because lots of people have died on crosses, but what proves that Jesus was God was that he rose from the dead. Uh, this makes the resurrection uh, a, a philosophical modernist uh, proof uh, to prove something that wasn't necessarily uh, isn't in the context of the story of Israel, the story of Jesus. Like it, it was what's actually going on there. It's not really. <laughs> it's not really the point. Of I mean, Jesus was God. Uh, we are creedal Christians. Amen. But that's not uh that's not the essence of what's going on in the resurrection. It wasn't like there were there were people holding their thumbs mm-hmm. kind of halfway and then they put them up when he died or when he rose from the dead. So it's not the proof of his divinity.
0: Right. And a lot of times uh we can just kind of end there that that's God's final exclamation point, uh mm-hmm. and that it's like yeah, I really meant what I said on the cross, and that's why I raised it for <laughs> Yes, right? Right. Or, or you know, his death for us is actually efficacious. I'm going to prove it to you that he wasn't just a human. And um,
1: now, and now, yeah. don't you feel sorry?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got you. gotcha.
1: Yeah. April not fools. I no. mean, I think I think this, uh, you know, not April, not fools. Okay. <clears throat> Who's the fool now? Fools. Who's the fool now? Uh, <clears throat> the fool. April. Uh, no I think uh, honestly, this is appealing because i i don't want to r- rant about this, uh, so please stop me if I do but there there is this we're in, in like there's a modern philosophical sort of love affair with the cognitive certainty of things and how proofs proofs bring me certainty, and then if I have certainty, I can be secure in what i'm believing yeah, uh, right. and, I, and I think my relationship to truth is and I would say, I don't know if you guys would say the same thing. My relationship to truth has skepticism about that kind of certainty doing the work it promises to do. Yeah. So, so, so it's not true that the more certainty I have, the more faithful I'll become.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? And I think mm-hmm. sermons that tend to hold up either evidence that demands a verdict or this mm-hmm. is the proof of God's Jesus' divinity, they tend to presume, or they're built upon the philosophical philosophical construct that the more certitude to yeah. quote a uh, uh, modern-day uh, celebrity, the more certitude we have, uh, the better off we are. And I, I have yeah. some concerns or skepticism yeah. about that.
2: Yeah, well, it almost—I mean, it, it sort of uh, brings up the question as well. Like, even if we were absolutely certain that Jesus was God, that he was divine, well, so mm-hmm. what? Like, that still doesn't give you—you you know what I
1: mean? Like, well, you know that who you doesn't know who, give
2: you anything to do. Like well,
1: you the, the anyway. I mean the people who knew the people, the beings that knew Jesus was God first were the demons. Yeah. They were confessing they were confessing Jesus' divinity right and left. Right. It doesn't right. do it didn't do much for them. Well it gets you up. So what you're saying is that sermon on Easter Sunday can get you up to the spiritual level of demon. <laughs> 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 so if you're hurting, if you're worse off than a demon. It'll Christ, be, so well, maybe that'll be okay.
2: Yeah, if you're a demon who's denying the divinity of Christ, maybe that's an, maybe that's an improvement. I don't know. Oh
0: my gosh! So, <laughs> so these are the these are the first five ways of ruining uh, Easter. So the last way, and I think they all kind of have a certain resonance, maybe from a, a more conservative angle. Yes. And, uh, that I think maybe many. Of us
1: that's have. our history. That's our story. Though. Yeah,
0: that's our history. But I think this last one that I want to put forward is, is maybe from the other side, the more progressive side. It's it's how to ruin Easter. By making the resurrection just kind of like a myth that motivates us to go out and change the world.
1: There you go. The
0: resurrection is a story that we can kind of believe in that helps us believe that the world can change. Mm-hmm. That all the the bad things around us and all the frustrations uh, don't have to be a period. They're just maybe a comma or a semicolon. Although I'm not a fan. Semicolons. You it. don't I like? This. <laughs> no, I do not like semicolons. Let's not let's not get down that, that that rabbit hole there, so or rabbit trail, whatever kind of trail or hole it might be that animals go on. Um, <laughs> okay, so, so so is this uh, is the resurrection basically just a way of saying we hope and believe things can change? Um, right. It's an inspiring or,
1: story. Yeah, it's an inspiring okay. story, but it doesn't have go so.
0: So on the other side, it's like, no, this is like a hefty reality that we need to proclaim and declare, uh, yes. and that you have to affirm. And once you affirm it, then great. The other one is, is right. well, you know, I don't know, but let's, but let's go out and do something. Let's change. The world can change. Yay. And so <laughs> it's kind of uh, that. And I think yeah. in one sense, you know, I don't want to speak for all of us, but uh, there's a lot of truth in, in multiples of these. But the question is, is, should they be what we're doing on Easter Sunday? Uh, right Should be talking yeah. about the cross certainly we don't want to do guilt trips at any time so that's not right yeah. you know right. but there are times to talk about death and dying there are times to talk about sin and atonement and substitution and however you want to talk about there's yeah. uh the glory of the cross there's certainly reasons to you know bolster our faith in the divinity of christ yeah. and even the fact of the resurrection but yeah. what should be going on in easter and why do we avoid going there mm-hmm. either of you want to jump in there what what, what should we be doing on easter sunday
1: I, that's why I'm on this podcast, Jeff. I'm hoping you'd tell me. <laughs> that's I've done true. each of these six things, and now I need the. <clears throat> well, here's I'll, I'll suggest one thing. <clears throat> uh, when we read the gospel story, the resurrection was something was an event that irrevocably changed the world, and the um, and it was proclaimed, like He is risen. And the implications of what that meant kind of worked their way through, rippled their way through the disciples and apostles, you know, in the different uh, accounts until Pentecost. So uh, primarily, I think uh, Easter sermon should be the proclamation that new creation has begun in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and, and the implications of what that means for our relationships. Mm. And our and our, uh, and our responsibilities. So the people we're committed to and the things we've been entrusted with. How does the resurrection change everything?
0: <laughs> yes. everything. Yeah. yeah. And so what we say often is is that God is making all things new. And that's mm-hmm. not a sermon you just preach on Easter, but certainly you want to preach that on Easter. It's God that's is true. making all things new. Yeah. Death has been defeated. Death is not the end. Certainly that needs to be somewhere maybe at the beginning. But yes. the emphasis is on... Victory over death, conquering over sin and death, and yes. freedom from sin and death. And it really should be a new beginning. It's, it's, the, you know, it's Israel out in the wilderness, or it's Israel entering into the promised land. It's a new beginning. It's, it's, uh, it's a new Everything. hope, maybe, we could say. Yeah. A new? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <Ooh. laughs> Take that out of there. No. I'm going <laughs> to edit that one out. Yeah. Ben. No, I was just going to say, I think that's
2: the key. And that, that's one of the reasons I think that it is uh, not proclaimed that way. Because that's a that's a uh, I don't know, that's that's a risky kind of thing to say, right? I, I think one of the reasons we fail to proclaim that everything has changed because of the resurrection is we're not sure we're not sure we believe it.
0: There's a lot of evidence to the contrary,
2: right? There's a, and it we have to grapple with that. Um, if you proclaim it, you've got to you've got to kind of grapple with that. So I think it takes some faith to proclaim it and really to step into it and say, I really believe this is true. Um, and I think that the way that we oftentimes talk about it is it's, it's forgiveness for my past, right, and then hope for the future. But it leaves the present uh, just kind of up to me to do whatever I want with. But if the resurrection ha- has me- means that the entire cosmos has changed, well, then I've
1: got to grapple
2: with, like Matt was saying, like I've got to grapple with how, do, how, how, how I live, you know, with my, my relationships now. How does this change how I relate to my, to my spouse and to my kids and to my coworkers and to uh, my, my church uh, family? How does this relate? um, How does this change the way that I fulfill my responsibilities um, at my job to, to the people around me? Uh, And I think those questions are uncomfortable to ask. If Jesus Christ is Lord now, it's a lot easier to think, great. I got some stuff in my past taken care of. I have some insurance uh, for the future. Um, and so, you know, that's just easier to, to think through for most people.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's really good. And the more conservative evangelical view is the, re- the resurrection doesn't have anything to do with the present. Just like you said, it's just the right. past. Yeah. And, and it's also the future. I think that's a well, great I've point.
1: Well, yeah, I've heard it's the future breaking into the past. And we live, like we get yeah. a picture of our future that happened to Jesus. And we live between our future yeah. and our future.
0: <laughs> and I, I think like even the progressive uh th- that even has a much more future orientation too, is like, well, we need to build the kingdom of God among us. Yeah. Like it's something we need to work toward. And the resurrection kind of is the fuel in our tank, you know, but it's it's not real. Or maybe it's not real, or maybe it doesn't matter if it was real or not. Yeah. It's a good idea that motivates us to keep building the future. Right. And I think I think what you said, Ben, is, is really important. Like it well, it really takes faith to say. Uh, no, it's not just about the past, and it's not just something that we do to build the future, but it's something God has done yes. and is doing, uh, and and we actually have to believe that that has been done and is being done, yes, um, and that takes... Faith or, or allegiance, as some would say, this is that kind of how I talk about faith mm-hmm. now quite a bit. You know, it's not cognitive; it's like grasping onto Jesus as He grasps onto us.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, and so, can we step into the pulpit? Can we, if if you're not preaching mm-hmm. or teaching or leading worship, can you go um, for all uh, the listeners? Are you? Are you? Can you go in into the church service on Easter Sunday and be like this? This is reality. This is the real, real. This is what's happening.
1: Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and part of that um, is a different speech act than we're used to. We're used to explaining things or convincing people or trying to persuade mm-hmm. people. But right. uh, the, the reality that something has happened is just a declaration. Right. Right? It's like, uh, it's, it's Taco Tuesday. <laughs> right? That's a declaration. Or like when my kids wake up this morning at three inches of snow, and if I would say, kids, it's a snow day, I wouldn't, I don't, they just, lots of rejoicing. My son takes his shirt off. Like, things go nuts, right?
0: <laughs> he takes his shirt off anyways, okay? <clears throat> yes. You know, yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> you can quibble with that. But, like, there's there's just a celebration. There's a party. There's a declaration that something has happened. Yeah. And it, it rearranges my present existence. And that's yeah. the kind of speech act we're doing when we proclaim Easter.
2: Yeah. And that's a risky speech act too. That's, a, that's another thing about it is because when you proclaim something, it's not like, think about this, you know, yeah. or, you know, well, uh, see what you think about this, right? The only possible responses to that kind of speech act, the proclamation are amen, yes, or no, I refuse to participate. You know, mm-hmm. like it, it, it's right. uh, it turns people on or off. And so I think we find that uh, risky and uh, dangerous as preachers sometimes to proclaim something that may give people a response of like, ooh, I don't know if I believe that, or I don't know if I want to participate in that.
0: Yeah, it is kind of that test, um, and maybe like Christmas, but Christmas is so you know sentimental. I don't think it confronts them, but it is that test of faith where it's like, you know, like, do we really mean this, or is this just a bunch of things we do and we talk about, and we, you know, we believe and we pray if we're stressed out, you know, but right. to say like. No, Jesus really died for your sins and was raised on the third day. Like that's like you know we're not messing around, right? Right. There's a right. There's a lack of messing
1: around. Yeah, you know it's business time. Jesus is serious, (laughs) right? Right. Right? So I don't know, Jeff. I don't know if we have time for this, but like I'm thinking through the different appearances of Jesus after the resurrection and how there's themes that emerge that kind of can give us guideposts about what are the implications. Mm. of the resurrection like how do they get to work in the first few hours and days of Jesus' resurrection I will save how, that for
0: another podcast
1: <laughs> and how do we declare that so you know I uh, might make a good
0: series, an Easter series yeah post.
1: just or- encourage or- you go down to your used bookstore find a Bible buy it and <laughs> buy then uh, it. read some of those accounts plenty of ideas
2: wait are you saying that before we preach on the resurrection we should read the Gospels
1: read the Bible would be good that's all the time we have for today <laughs> Hey,
0: so again, Matt and Ben, they actually have launched their own podcast, which I'm excited about. So excited that I've actually downloaded it onto my phone. What? There it is. Can you listen to it? Uh, the Gravity <laughs> Leadership Podcast. <laughs> and that's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> the hey, so tell, Ben, tell us yeah. about uh, the podcast.
2: Yeah. So we, uh, we started podcasting a couple weeks ago. We've got three episodes. Up. We actually have four episodes up. Our new episode Just dropped. Uh, at the time that you are listening to this, our fourth episode will be available awesome um, and um, yeah it 's conversations uh, on the things that we 're passionate about, which is uh, which is helping people lead like Jesus, live on mission, uh, make disciples. Uh, I think that um, our especially in our post christian world uh, that that 's kind of uh, where we 're trying to root our conversations and and we're our organization and the podcast is called Gravity. Uh, because uh our conviction is that the love of God is the it's it's not like a sentimental thing uh that we could just sort of uh, talk about but it's it, it's a reality we're actually seeking to orient our lives in and uh, so it's 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 conversations that are we're trying to practically figure out how does that work how do we orient our lives in the love of God in the re- in the reality of the resurrection we could say if mm. I was textualize for this podcast episode. Hey, I would say that we're trying to orient our lives uh, in those places so that we can learn to pay attention more closely to what God is doing around us, and then participate more deeply in his kingdom that uh, has come, the changed world that has, uh, that has sprung upon us.
0: Excellent. If you, a uh, faithful listener of Theology on Mission, if you've ever been like, I love what Dave and Jeff are talking about, but I could, if it could be a little more practical, if it could be a little more oriented <laughs> to like on the ground, pastoring yeah. or leadership, then Gravity Leadership Podcast will be the podcast for you. Yes. But do not rate or review their podcast until you rate and review uh, this one. Okay. Because they already well, have. You can like do it in any order. Just do both. no, no. no. <laughs> I'm gonna cut that out. That's all, a, right, all right, just, <laughs> just editing. Power. But yeah, you should definitely uh, check out Gravity Leadership Podcast. Ben, Matt, thank you so much for being on. And yes, let's do that post Easter. How do we live the resurrected life? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That'd episode coming up. We could do a little crossover episode, or I could jump on yours. We could talk about it either. Yeah. Way. Yeah. Well, thanks. thanks Love to so have much you. much for being here. Well, That's a wrap. Uh, next week is Easter. We're going to be talking about the death of Jesus. Uh, I think we're going to have another guest going to be fantastic thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you next time